Hi, I'm Ashika. I'm here at the supermarket in Yarraville with my son. Hi, I'm Isaac and I'm nine. Ashika and Isaac are about to do their weekly grocery shopping, which sounds like a simple enough job, but we all know that's not always the case. Isaac, can I ask you a question? Do you like doing the grocery shopping? Can I be honest? You can be honest. No. (laughs) It's fun, isn't it, when we come together and I give you tasks to do. I say, Noah, go and get the chips. Isaac, come with me and get the fruit and vegetables. Oh, yeah. Isn't that good? Yeah, it's fun. Eating well starts with buying well. And unfortunately, that's easier said than done. Unless you've got a marketing degree, you're at a disadvantage. I'm Dr. Sandra DeMeo, and this is In Good Health. I'm about to talk to Dr. Alex Chung about how misleading food labels convince many people into thinking the food they're buying is healthy, when in reality, it's not. The processed food industry bombards us with marketing for unhealthy foods, often even targeting our kids directly. And if that sounds a little extreme, well, let's see it in action. Ashika and Isaac are deciding between two breakfast cereal brands, and they're using every tactic they can think of to find a healthy cereal. We're in the muesli aisle at the moment, uh, looking at all the different varieties of muesli that are available. Okay, let's have a look at the one you've chosen, Isaac. I'll pick this one. It's just above eye height. I can see a lot of flakes and berries and a fruit that I don't quite know what it is. I think that might be a fig cut up. Okay. Isaac's one has 0.5 less of a star, so it's four health stars. It says that it is 25% of your daily vitamin C and vitamin E needs. It's also got berries in it. It looks really healthy on the picture. There's some fresh berries and lovely colors uh, that make it look like it's really appealing. So 590 kilojoules per serving. Fat. 0.7 grams and sugars 7.2 grams sodium is 81 milligrams you can see why they're confused now let's hear about Ashika's cereal so I've picked up a box just below eye level it's a nice pink box it says it's got less than 7 grams sugar and five grain and seeds with it, and uh, apple and blueberry. It's got a 4.5 health star rating. From the picture on the box, it looks like it's got fresh berries and uh, some clusters of uh, oats, and looks very healthy from the picture. (laughs) I do look at the health star rating, I try and see 
which ones uh, have the highest amount of uh, stars when I'm choosing between different brands. So when I'm looking at the nutritional information, I do try and see what the uh, energy uh, amounts are by um, per serving as well as um, per 100 grams. For me, the, it's actually more the fat and the sugar content that's more um, important. Um, so this particular one has um, out of a serving size of 45 grams nearly seven grams of fat content once again it's really hard to know what the um, threshold is of whether that's a good thing or a bad thing this particular nutritional information label doesn't actually have percentages around how much of the recommended daily intake is included as part of uh, a serving it just has the raw numbers I suppose having that information would be useful I just don't know it this was a key difference between the cereals Isaac's cereal had a lot more detailed information that's kind of a little bit helpful for me because I can think oh well actually I would have a lot of other things that I could eat in my day (laughs) the other thing that this has is a list of the different vitamins and minerals that are included. And this one says 50% of the recommended daily intake of B1. So I'd be like, well, by just eating one serving of this particular cereal, I could get half of what I need every day, which is kind of appealing to me. Dr. Alexandra Chung is a qualified dietitian and food marketing researcher at Monash University, as well as a research fellow here at VicHealth. She's here to help untangle some of the information that has Ashika and Isaac and most families across Australia in a bind at the supermarket. So Alex, Ashika and Isaac are comparing two seemingly healthy breakfast cereal options. And Ashika's noted that her cereal has a four and a half star rating. How legitimate is the rating system? The Health Star rating is definitely a legitimate tool for making decisions around what foods to choose. The Health Star rating is a relatively new initiative in Australia. It's a food labelling technique that allows us to compare products within the same category. So if you're looking at breakfast cereal, for example, you can look at the number of Health Stars across the whole breakfast cereal range and use that to help you choose the most healthy choice in the, in the range. Health Stars can be awarded from half a star up to five stars. So the product that Ashik has chosen here having four and a half stars is a pretty healthy choice when we're thinking about breakfast cereals. So it's about comparing things to other products in the same category though. So if you had a bunch of really unhealthy products, one could just be the best of a really bad bunch and get a good rating? That's exactly right. So we see in some food products, there are not many healthy choices at all. So say something like sweet biscuits, there might not be many terribly healthy choices, but you could use the health star rating to compare the health of one sweet biscuit to another. And if you were trying to choose something in that category, you'd be looking for the one with more stars. Oh no, those chocolate biscuits I bought the other day that were like drenched in caramel and they had 
you know, all these stars. I, th- I thought I thought they were healthy. I was going to eat the whole packet. Those sorts of foods are really something that we encourage people to have only sometimes and in small amounts. Ashika also pointed out that the nutrition label on her choice doesn't include the recommended daily intake information. Recommended daily intake information. My gosh, what a mouthful. Can you explain what that is and if it's important for people to pay attention to? The recommended daily intake information is another guide that we can use to help make choices around the foods that we're choosing. So it can tell us for an adult, and that's quite an important distinction, Mm. the recommended daily intake guide can tell us for an adult that this particular food contains a certain percentage of your daily recommended amount for fat or fibre or sugar or, or sodium, vitamins or sodium, certain yeah. vitamins or minerals too. So it can be a helpful guide to think about how much this particular food is contributing to your overall intake of certain macro or micronutrients. But it's not on every product, so we can't use it to make all of our food-related decisions. And the other important thing to remember is the recommended daily intake guide that we see on food packets is the recommended daily intake for an adult. So this is actually something that was on Ashika's mind. I'd be interested to know. I'm not quite sure how this translates to children and what that recommended daily intake percentage means for kids. But I'd kind of assume from this label that the higher percentage is a better thing. But I'm actually not quite sure. But we know for children that they don't actually have the same recommended daily allowances as adults. Children are much smaller, Mm. so they need often less of those nutrients for their bodies. And it's much more difficult to provide a recommended daily allowance for children that's a set figure because as children grow, their nutritional needs are changing quite rapidly. Going back to Ashika's um, option, we see that this brand spruiking both that it's high in fibre and low in sugar, and it's got something called super seeds. Now... It sounds very intriguing, sort of like these, um, you know, that they wear capes at night and go around fighting bad seeds or something. But, I mean, can you tell me what's what's the difference between nutrition information and marketing? Because to me, super seeds, I have to say, pretty sure I never read that in my medical textbook. You've picked up on something that's really apparent to me on this packet of cereal that Ashika has chosen. There are a lot of messages. There is a lot of information on the front of this packet. Crisp and crunchy. Crisp and crunchy. (laughs) Vegan friendly. Excellent source of fiber. Vegan friendly. Very high in whole grain. There are a lot of messages there and it can be really difficult to disentangle what is information Mm. and what is marketing. But you've started to pick up on some of it. There are some features on this packet that actually have to be regulated. So if the product is talking about containing certain nutrients, Mm. then it must actually comply with regulations around that. So where the product says here, excellent source of fibre, it actually must contain some fibre to be able to make that claim. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a pretty low bar, doesn't it? Yeah, I would say that a lot of this marketing certainly sits in an unregulated space. Mm. So a lot of the features on this packet actually are not regulated and it's up to marketers then to put whatever they would like on the packet. So I can see here it says real food. Mm. Well, you'd certainly hope so if you're buying a box of cereal to take home for your family. Um, It talks about being high in whole grains, which is telling us a bit about the ingredients, but that's sitting next to a lovely pink tick there, which Mm. suggests that it's quite a healthy sort of feature of the packet. It talks about being vegan friendly, which is certainly a marketing claim to appeal to a certain audience who are following a vegan diet or are interested in a vegan diet. 
we can talk about grains and seeds as being healthy for our diet, but there's no such thing officially as super seeds. So that's definitely a marketing feature, oh. trying to draw us in and, and encourage us to buy this cereal over something else. So Ashika's son, Isaac, chose a cheaper brand, but one that still had a lot of, well, I would say, healthy branding. We see fresh fruits. We see lots of nice colours on the packaging. No real surprise. Isaac's choice also lists the vitamins included. B6, C, E, zinc, calcium, iron. Is this relevant? It's certainly relevant in a sense. Uh, you can see that the nutrition information panel on each of the two cereal boxes is a little bit different. So mm. on the choice that Ashika picked up, it contains the nutrition information panel lists some of the major nutrients that would be in there, energy, protein, fat, carbohydrates and sugar, fibre and sodium. But the packet that Isaac chose also lists a number of vitamins and minerals. Yeah, I mean, this is what Ashika was talking about earlier. Remember the, the bit with the information overload? So when I'm looking at the nutritional information, I do try and see what the uh, energy uh, amounts are by um, per serving as well as um, per 100 grams. So this particular one has, um, out of a serving size of 45 grams, nearly 7 grams of fat content. The saturated fat content is less than 1 gram. So I think that's a good thing. I'm not entirely sure <laughs> the difference between saturated and unsaturated. But I, I think it might be a good thing. I was overwhelmed. I was honestly overwhelmed when I looked at this huge amount of information that they've put on the side of a packet. You're right to be overwhelmed, Sandro. There's a lot of information on there and I think it's very difficult for consumers to decide what piece of information to use. The other thing that's really interesting, I think, is that although this particular box of cereal that Isaac has chosen lists all of these vitamins and minerals, the box of cereal that Ashika has chosen would actually contain these vitamins and minerals inside the cereal. The oh, manufacturers what? just haven't listed that on the packet. So there are some interesting decisions that get made when food manufacturers choose what to put on their packet. Mm. And as I think we get a sense from Ashika and Isaac, there is a sense that having that list of vitamins and minerals may have influenced their final decision on what to choose for their family. Wait, so by putting more information on the packet, the amount of information is even a ploy of marketing, potentially. Absolutely. Holy yeah. moly. Yeah, they're really out to bamboozle us. So what, what are some of the main traps that, that we all fall for when it comes to marketing? I mean, for me, it's kind of blowing my mind today of just how much marketing. These are like billboards. These are not breakfast cereals. It's kind of billboards with some breakfast cereal inside. What what are the main traps that we all fall for when it comes to marketing? These are mini billboards really, aren't they, with cereal inside. I think for parents, they want to feed their children well. Mm. They want to have healthy children. So parents are often taken in by the marketing messages that call out to health. There are marketing messages on each of these packets and much of the food in the supermarket that promises to be healthy. Mm. And I think that that's an easy one for parents to go for, and understandably so. When we look at food marketing that's directed to children, it's a different kind of marketing that we see on packets. When we look at packets that are really reaching out to children, there are things like cartoon characters, mm. licensed characters that children recognise from their favourite TV show or performer. There are bright colours and logos on there. There are often pictures of children 
on packets of foods that are designed to be sold for children. So we see that children are also an important target of the marketing that often appears on these food packages. I really hope the answer to this question is yes, but I have a feeling it's no. I mean, these. so you've got these foods that are ultimately being pushed on young people. Please tell me at least they're the healthier products. Sadly, Sandro, it's not always the case. A lot of the food products that are heavily marketed to children are in fact not healthy products. Uh, and I, I think that's why it's, that. yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to break the bad <laughs> no, news no, no. to you. Yeah. There's a whole category of food out there now that's really being sold as children's foods. And I put that in inverted commas because from a nutrition point of view, they're not really the foods that we would recommend children eat on a regular basis. When we look at what children are eating in Australia today, we know that for young children, around 40% of their diet is actually made up of these processed packaged Mm, foods, foods that we wouldn't consider to be ideal for good health. So marketing absolutely works and it's drawing children and their parents in to choose these processed and packaged foods that we really don't recommend for good health. Yeah, and I just want to make it really clear that I'm not for a second blaming or shaming parents who are listening or kids in any way. That's that's not what I'm saying. Uh, and I feel really strongly about this because I think it's too easy to say, you know, oh, well, just don't take kids down that aisle or tell kids no. But it's not the reality and it's not what the evidence shows and it's not why they spend millions of dollars advertising these products to kids. And I think also it's important to say that not every country allows this. There are countries in the world that have said enough is enough Does it frustrate you that we are so far behind in Australia? It frustrates me enormously that so much of this marketing is unregulated Mm. and the food environment that we all live in is so heavily curated by the food and beverage industry, Mm. the processed food industry in particular, with heavily marketed products. So it's very difficult for parents to navigate that marketing when we know businesses have huge budgets to put to food marketing and then children are making requests to their parents to pick up this, that or the other and mm. put it in the shopping trolley. We really need business and government to do better. And that takes me to the other point that you raised there, Sandro. In some countries, we do see regulations starting to step in to protect parents and protect children from some of this marketing. In Australia, we've got some really important documents that are starting to show some leadership around this issue. So the National Obesity Strategy that was released earlier this year does make recommendations for action in areas including protecting children from unhealthy food marketing and improving nutrition labelling. So that health star rating that we were talking about earlier is included on some packets But at the moment, not all packets. It's not mandatory for businesses to put the Health Star rating on their food products. But a recommendation that's come through is that that Health Star rating should be mandatory so people can choose evenly across all foods in the food supply. So how are food labels currently regulated by the government? There are a few rules about what can appear on our packets. So the nutrition information panel that we've talked about a little bit today has to appear on food packets so that consumers can see how much energy, protein, fat, carbohydrates are in a particular food product. That's the like Excel spreadsheet That's the type Excel thing on the, spreadsheet. Back, on the side of the label. Okay. Yep. The Excel spreadsheet on the side of the packet has to be there. Okay. So all packaged foods have to have that. And all packaged foods also have to have an ingredients list mm. to tell us what is actually inside the food that's in that packet. And an important thing to think about when you're looking through the ingredients list is to think that the foods or the items that are listed in that ingredients list are there in order of what is most in the food right down to least. Oh, that's true. So if you're looking at a packet of 
cereal, say, and maybe we can look at one of these. We could look at Ashika's choice here. Mm. The first ingredient on the ingredients list there is whole grains. So that's quite promising, 52% whole grains in that cereal product. And then it lists them, oats, rye, barley, wheat flakes and buckwheat. The second ingredient in this box of cereal is golden syrup. Now, another word for golden syrup is sugar. sugar. Right. So when you start to read through the ingredients list, you can start to identify all of the different things that have gone into making up that food. But hang on a second. It says then later in the ingredients list, raw sugar. So it's sugar twice. It's sugar twice. And we see that a lot in products. Often different types of sugars will be added. They might have different properties and have different features in terms of the food manufacturing process. But in terms of entering our body, it's all sugar. Yeah, We might be just looking for sugar, but sometimes they'll call it cane sugar or raw sugar because that sounds a little bit more healthy. There's also things that we see in there like sucrose, glucose, dextrose, fructose. So we've been pretty tough on our current food labelling system. Is there anything we're actually getting right? Yeah, certainly there are things that we are doing right. I think the fact that products must have that ingredients list on the side of the packet is a really good start for consumers to be fully aware of what's inside a product. Plus, when we think about that ingredients list and the sneaky words that can be used in there to hide things Mm. like sugar, we do know that there's room for improvement. The nutrition information panel has to be on the packet and we see that that's an important piece of information but also, as we've discussed, that can be quite difficult to decipher for yeah. people. And that's where the Health Star rating comes in. But we know that the Health Star rating's not mandatory. So when it doesn't have to be on the front of every packet, we are seeing, as you said, it's used as a bit of a marketing tool to promote more healthy products and less healthy products are currently leaving that off. So calling for a mandatory food labelling scheme is really important, an important next step for us here in Australia. The next really important thing that we need to be calling out for is a reduction of food marketing that's targeted towards children and their parents. So we need to be restricting the volume of food marketing that is trying to influence children's diets by seeking to influence children and their parents' food-making decisions. What about for us as consumers? Like what can we do? Acknowledging how difficult it is and not wanting to kind of assign blame or make people feel bad, you know, for whatever ends up in their in their baskets. What can we be doing as consumers, as families, as individuals to find that healthier cereal? If you're finding that your kids are being unfairly targeted by food marketing, make some noise about it. Join something like Parents Voice and really Mm. speak up if you're believing that it's unfairly targeting your kids or if it's making your life difficult. I think with a bit of community groundswell, we can start to make a bit more noise about this issue. It's really unfair that our children are being targeted by food and beverage industries in order to make a profit. So Alex, if I'm short on time at the supermarket, what information should I look for? If you're really short on time and you want to make a quick decision, have a look at the health star rating. Mm -hmm. Choose something with more stars compared to fewer and start with that. If you've got a bit more time, flip the packet over and look past the marketing that's on the front of the pack. Have a look on the side or the back of the packet and read through that ingredients list. Have a look and see how much sugar is actually in that list of ingredients. You might also have a look at the nutrition information panel and have a look at that per 100 gram Mm. column if you're tossing up between a couple of different types of cereal and choose the cereal with less sugar, more fibre and see if you can start to really pick out the healthiest product for you. Awesome. Do we need to improve the health or food literacy of Australians? Like is that something we also need to look at alongside, 
you know, better protections from government and maybe, you know, thinking about a few things at the checkout ourselves? The supermarket is a really overwhelming place to spend some time and it can be very difficult to make food-related decisions in the supermarket in the heat of the moment. I think as well as calling for change to improve the health of the food environment Mm. in things like food marketing, food promotion, we can also arm consumers with knowledge and skills to enable them to make the best possible choices. But by and large, we're really calling on business and government to do better so that the environment where we spend our time and where we're making our food-related decisions is more healthy and can really push us towards healthier choices rather than trying to convince us to buy food that's really not good for our health. Yeah, do better. I want a T-shirt with do better, Dr. (laughs) Alex Chung. (laughs) Love it, do better. Do better. Do you agree? What do you think? Yeah, cool. Sounds good. (laughs) That's Dr. Alex Chung helping us break down exactly what's going on when families like Ashika and Isaac hit the grocery store. Look, being surrounded by unhealthy food products and marketing undermines people's efforts to eat healthy. But I'm walking away from this chat with a better understanding of the big company's sneaky tactics and some tools I'll use next time I'm in the cereal aisle. Across this new season of In Good Health, we're also going to cover topics like sleep, physical activity and social connection. So if you want to learn more about the factors influencing your health and help those around you, make sure you're following us in your favourite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. In Good Health is a podcast by Vic Health, hosted by me, Dr. Sandro DeMeo, and produced by Deadset Studios.